Hello, it's good to be with you this morning, or is it this evening, or whenever you are watching or listening to this sermon, um, by whatever means. These are strange times indeed. Well, our passages set for today are Romans 6, verses 12 to 13, sorry, 12 to 23, and Matthew 10, verses 40 to 42. Now we're only going to actually be looking at the Romans verses right now. So if you haven't had a chance to have a look at it yet, then you might want to pause this and have a quick read through first. That's Romans 6 verses 12 to 23. Well, at the start of a sermon, they teach you that you're supposed to say something that will grab people's attention. So, something to spark their interest. One of my friends rather mischievously says, it doesn't matter what you say in a sermon, just so long as you start with a good joke. He's being facetious. So I thought, what would be a fitting title for this talk today? So this is what I came up with. The title of this talk is you are a slave. Hopefully that's grabbed your attention. We're going to look today at what our passage in Romans has to say to each one of us. And it says that we are either a slave to sin or we're a slave to righteousness. We belong to darkness or we belong to the light. We belong to the devil, or we belong to God. There is no middle ground, no sitting on the fence, no true freedom apart from being bound to Christ. So let's look at some of the verses together. Verse 12, chapter 6. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires but rather give yourselves completely to God. Why? It goes on. Because you have been brought from death to life. Well, what exactly does that mean? You've been brought from death to life. Well, the first part of chapter 6 has already explained that Jesus died to take the punishment for sin upon himself and he has been subsequently raised to eternal life. And so as we join ourselves to him, we unite ourselves to him, then we also join in both his death and also his resurrection. We are dead to sinning now, and we live a new life with him. So it's therefore completely inappropriate, bizarre even, for a Christian to carry on sinning. It's like asking a butterfly to go back to crawling along the ground like a caterpillar. No, you've been changed. That's behind you. Now you fly. And yet, if we're honest, we probably all still struggle. I know Paul certainly does, and we'll be looking at that in next week's passage in chapter 7, the I do not do what I want to do 
passage. But for now, we're told, verse 14, sin shall not be your master anymore, for you are not under law, but are under grace. Well, what does that mean? You can tell we're in the book of Romans here because the theology is just coming at us thick and fast. Well, I was watching a video on YouTube the other day and the speaker there said that the law was like looking into a mirror. It reveals to us that we have a dirty face. We can't live up to any of the requirements of the law. It shows where we fall short. But we don't then take the mirror off the wall and start wiping our face with the mirror. That would be ridiculous. Rather, the mirror has revealed to us that we need to get some water and wash the dirt away and be cleaned up. Similarly, trying in our own strength just to do better, just to fulfil the law, is no good. The law is not the answer. Rather, we need instead to come to Jesus, the source of the living water, to be cleansed. And this is the gospel. This is grace, and we are under grace. The law simply shows us that we need Jesus. So, shall we not bother? about trying to live a good life anymore, verse 15, since Jesus forgives us anyway. No, Paul says. One commentary I read said, that would be to spit in the face of Christ. Strong words. Don't you realise that you became become the slave of whatever you choose to obey, verse 16? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can be choose to obey God, which leads to righteousness. You either belong to sin or you belong to God. You can't belong to both. And Paul rejoices that the Roman church, verse 17, has chosen to leave their lives of sin behind and instead have chosen to be united with Jesus Christ and so be set free from their slavery to sin, and instead to become slaves of righteousness. Verse 18. Now Paul admits that this analogy of slavery is inadequate, verse 19, for we are all better than slaves. We are God's children now, after all. But he wants us to see that we need to be devoted to God, devoted completely to righteous living as followers of Jesus. You know, if we really search our hearts, then at least speaking for myself, I find that what I really want is a nice, comfortable, secure life with a bit of Jesus and church on the side. And Paul is saying that that just won't do. We are to be devoted to God and to holy living. Before you were a Christian, 
you were under no obligation to live right. Verse 20. You were bound to keep sinning, but where did it get you? What was the reward, Paul asks. You know, the world tells us that sin is fun. It's just being a bit naughty. But the Bible says that it leads to death. Verse 21. Each Sunday afternoon at the moment, I'm involved in a family Zoom meeting. Perhaps some of you are familiar with such a thing. Um, there's me here in Alperton. There's my father in Leicester. There's my sister and her family in Ireland. And there's my brother-in-law's mum in America. And we agree a time to meet and then we chat for our, our allotted free 40 minutes. Now it's my father's 81st birthday coming up soon and last Sunday I said that it would be good if I could somehow get up to Leicester for his birthday to celebrate with him and he responded yes but I don't know what we'd do and I rather flippantly replied oh we can get drunk together and there was a gasp from the other end of the Zoom connection from my brother-in-law and family and, and his mum in America. I mean, I think they guessed that I was joking. I didn't mean it. And my immediate thought was, well, you know, American Christians, a little bit prudish about these sort of things. But then I remembered my brother-in-law's father had been an alcoholic. It was bad enough that his mum had had to leave him, even though she loved him. And that a couple of years ago he died from alcohol-related causes. Just a bit of fun is sinning. Or behind the attractive exterior lies destruction and death. Or take sleeping around, for example. The world says it's just a bit of fun between two consulting adults. What's the harm? Well, what if these people already have partners? What damage and pain to those relationships is being caused? What about the damage psychologically to yourself in terms of self-worth, trust issues, intimacy issues? What about sexually transmitted diseases? What about unwanted pregnancies? I mean, no matter where you stand on the issue of abortion, you can't deny that it involves death. Not so much fun now, this sinning. But now you, verse 22, goes on, have been set free from your captivity to sin and have instead become slaves to God, which leads to holy living and eternal life. Slaves to God. I don't know about you, but I find those words very challenging, profound, troubling even. 
Is that me? Have I really offered myself as a slave to God? And when I went forward at that meeting as a teenager all those years ago, I'm sure it was more about wanting to know Jesus as my best friend, not offering up every part of my whole life to him. So what does it practically mean, this being a slave to God? It's surely not just trying to be nice to people and going to church when you can. It's much more serious than that. And I'm part of a men's group um, in Leicester. So normally I'm present online, FaceTime or Zoom. And we've just started looking at the book of Jonah. I'm sure you're all familiar with Jonah and the whale. God tells Jonah at the beginning to go to Nineveh to preach against the city. And so the first thing Jonah does is find a ship and sets off sail in exactly the opposite direction to Nineveh. It says Jonah ran away from the Lord. And we think, oh silly old Jonah, he needs to follow the Lord, he needs to learn. But hold on a minute. What if God came to us? What if God came to you and said, I want you to leave London and all your family and friends and I want you to go to Iraq and I want you to preach against ISIS? Would you go? Or would it require being swallowed by a giant fish for three days in order to convince you? Being a slave to God it's a challenge. Just how committed to him are we? Perhaps something for us all to think about. Now we come to our last verse in this Romans passage, the most famous one, verse 23. Now a long time ago I did some missions work with the organisation that Richard Sharp serves with, Operation Mobilisation. And at the start of that time there was a missions training school in the Czech Republic. And as part of the course you had to learn off by heart 70 verses from the Bible, word for word. And there was an exam at the end and you even lost points if you got commas and full stops in the wrong place. And one of these verses was Romans 6, verse 23. As they obviously felt it was very useful to have this particular verse up your sleeve or perhaps more importantly impressed on your, your, your mind and on your hearts when talking to non-Christians about Jesus. So this verse says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Be a good one to memorise. The gospel in one verse. This slavery to God doesn't look so bad now, does it? Eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It says, for the wages of sin is death. And we think right there back at the beginning in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, God makes everything. He sees that it's perfect. 
He proclaims it all good. And then Adam and Eve decide to throw their lot in with the devil and join in with his rebellion against God. And death comes into the world. The wages of sin. And from that point on, a redeemer was required. A saviour. One who would crush the serpent's head. This is Jesus, our Lord. It's worth noting here in our verse that sin has a wage. You earn death. But eternal life, on the contrary, is a gift. A free gift, as the church Bibles put it, from Jesus to those who join to him. You can't earn it by being good. You can't fulfil the law and all of its commands. It's impossible. Rather, by grace, Jesus gives it to those who are his own. We are to be in Christ Jesus. Not just going to church occasionally and trying to be good, but rather we bind ourselves to him. We similarly die to sin and our own old ways, and so we share also in his resurrection life, his eternal life. Where Christ has gone, we too shall follow. So to conclude, let us fly like a butterfly and no longer crawl along the ground in sin. For we have been changed and we are following Jesus now. Amen.